Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. Today is Wednesday, March the 4th, 2020, and we are reading from the big book in the chapter, Working with Others, page 95, the first paragraph, Unless Your Friend Wants to Talk. And we'll be reading and commenting on that one paragraph only. Today's readers for the 12 steps, Lou B, 12 traditions, Esther F, and readers of the text, Tina S, Barbara E, and Leon B. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, March the 3rd, the 7 a.m. meeting, 14203, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 14204. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Lou B to read the 12 steps. Please go ahead, Lou. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Lou B. And Esther F. will read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Esther. Good, good morning. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio, the 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 
too. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought to never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Esther F. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're in the chapter Working with Others, page 95, the first paragraph, unless you're friends. And Tina S., could you please read for us? Thanks so much, Lynn, for your service. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, anorexic in Florida. And thanks so much for the opportunity to be of service. Unless your friend wants to talk further about himself, do not wear out your welcome. Give him a chance to think it over. If you do stay, let him steer the conversation in any direction he likes. Sometimes a new man is anxious to proceed at once, and you may be tempted to let him do so. This is sometimes a mistake. If he has trouble later, he is likely to say you rushed him. You will be more successful with alcoholics if you do not exhibit any passion for crusade or reform. Never talk down to an alcoholic from any moral or spiritual hilltop. Simply lay out the kit of spiritual tools for his inspection. Show him how they work for you. Offer him friendship and fellowship. Tell him that if he wants to get well, you will do anything to help. Wow, what a great paragraph. And, uh, you know, sometimes what an order. I, uh, uh, more times 
today than early on in recovery. You know, I don't come as a crusader, you know, all this passion, which I have, and I've learned from those things, you know, because like it's always been told, you know, I never wanted anyone to tell me what to do. So what I heard and what I learned from was somebody sharing what they did. And um, in face-to-face meetings, you know, I I don't really have this issue where people want to go right off the bat. You know, people come and not sure that they really want to be there or that they need to be there. You know, and so what I do after the meeting is I approach someone. I give them my number. I take theirs. And I tell them that, you know, I give them a little bit of my history and uh, where I am today and how this thing one day at a time has saved my life and that I have a disease that is fatal. And, you know, and I tell them all about me, you know, and I hope that, you know, I see some light in their eye or some hope in their eye and, um, and ask them, you know, if that I, and tell them for sure, I love that last sentence, that I will uh, do anything to help. And I say that a lot. If there's any way I can be of help, please let me know. You know, and uh, again, you know, I usually I wait a couple of days to see if they call me. And then if not, I call them, you know, just say, hey, saw you at a meeting, just saying, hey, you know, and I lo- also love that it talks about the, the friendship and the fellowship, because, you know, bottom line is, you know, the fellowship is not the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. That is the 12 steps, which is for sure. But, you know, the fellowship is very helpful for people that aren't, that don't quite know if they belong. Maybe they can go out to dinner with the people in our group after our meetings, they go out to dinner and have an abstinent meal. Maybe they can be there and see how people just live in the real world with this affliction. And also it says that all we do is simply lay out the kit of spiritual tools for his inspection. And that's all I do. You know, this is what worked for me. You know, I'm not sure if it'll work for you, but hey, give it a shot or not. And if I can be of help, please let me be. And let me show you how I one day at a time have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body through the transformation in the 12 steps. And with that, I'll pass. And thank you, Tina S. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. I'd like to encourage those who haven't shared in the last few days to take this opportunity. Please say your name just once as it helps me hear everyone. Who would like to share? Janice PM. Melissa C. Did you get that, Kelly? Okay, I have Janice PM, Melissa C. Barbara E. Who else? This is Larry. Larry. Sarah S. I can take one more. Anybody? Jan Marie and Marie M. Okay, great. Thank you. Here's our lineup: Janice P. M. Melissa C. Barbara E. Larry K, Dara S, and Anne-Marie M. Janice, please go ahead for us. Well, good morning to you, uh, Leslie. Um, Kelly, 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 my goodness. Yes, my name is Janice PM, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Well, these are real good directions in here because I know when I first started sponsoring, or even sometimes, I'm, I'm so excited that the grace of God has recovered me for today, for today. So I wanted 
you know, show, you know, sometimes I'm too excited and it sounds like preaching, but it really isn't. It's just the excitement of having this way of life today. So now I'm not going to talk down as a superior being that I got all this together of what I did because it's not what I did so much as the grace of God. I don't tell them that, but I know today it's not my success. So I'm not responsible for their recovery. However, I need to learn to let go when I see myself carrying the mess instead of the message, the message, you know, in this program, let God handle things. Because uh, this should be a two-way street right now. And it's their time, not mine. You know, Dr. Bob always said, and I love this statement, he would say, you know, they really haven't jellied yet. And, um, you know, I'm only trying, trying. I'm not making them recover. I'm trying to carry the message. Um, and there's such a joy in this. And you can see in their eyes, their eyes open. Um, and, and like it suggests, um, show them, you know, just lay out the spiritual tools for his, inspect- for, in his, for his inspection. Offer him, as was said. Uh, his the, our friendship, our fellowship, and make them comfortable. Um, because when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And you know you got to you know hopefully they're moving from fear and darkness, you know, to the light, and they're seeing some hope here. Um, but it's not for me. Some people don't want recovery; they just want to lose weight. You know, when I came in, I wanted to lose weight. And that was my main thing, but I couldn't by myself, or I did, and I couldn't stop from starting again. So all I can do is pray for them, and that's my time, and I will pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice PM. Melissa C., it's your turn, followed by Barbara E. Please go ahead, Melissa. Hi. Good morning, Lynn. Thank you so much for your service this morning. It's Melissa C. I'm recovered compulsive overeater and I'm in New York and you know um, we all have things that we're good at and things that are more challenging and you know for me the hardest thing is to like tone down my passion like to dial it back a notch because um, it's exciting when you feel like you found the answer right like this thing works and um, you know and and so that's an area for growth for me right Um, but then the other thing is, you know, I've been taught by some great teachers on this line that um, that if Bill wants us to get something, he says it over and over again. And this chapter in particular in this paragraph talks about the fellow that you're looking to help as a friend. Like it says it repeatedly. In fact, it says it twice in this paragraph. It starts off by referring to this person out as a friend And then it ends, you know, with the reminder to offer friendship and support. And, um, you know, and I've, it hurts my heart when I hear that people have um, had experiences with people that have beautiful, strong recovery, but tell them that they're not their friend. And I just know that for me, um, if the people that greeted me initially used those words, it would have like cut me right to the you know, right to the heart. And, um, you know, I'm 
no, I'm not a banker. Like, I know the next paragraph is going to talk about I'm not a therapist. I'm not a banker. But I am a friend, and I'm a fellow, and I'm an equal, right? We're not superior. We're not too good to be friends with anybody. We just found the answer. And, you know, people come here broken and hurting. And, you know, for me, if being unkind and harsh was going to be a catalyst for change, then, like, the first time a kid would have hurt my feelings or called me fat or a boy was mean to me and told me, you know, I was too fat, I would have recovered. I would have gotten serious, and I would have put the food down. So, you know, what happened for me when I came to a meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, I couldn't make eye contact. Like, I was so devastated. And I was greeted with a lot of love and compassion and a clear message. And I wasn't desperate at that time, you know, or really willing to follow the directions. But the day came when I was, and thankfully – there were friendly, kind people I had to go to. You know, I, I I really, my real recovery began the day I ran into someone I knew from a face-to-face meeting who had always been nice to me. And, um, and she had what I wanted. And so my feet were able to walk up to her because I knew she was going to be kind to me. And, um, and that's what sits right in my soul, you know. Thanks um, with that all passed. Thank you, Melissa C. Barbara E., it's your turn, followed by Larry K. Please go ahead, Barbara. Good morning, everyone. Well, most people who come to a meeting in my area are desperate. They've tried many diets, but unsuccessfully. So if what I have to say interests them, great. But perhaps they're a little bit scared, so I always give the person a chance to think it over. I don't want her to feel rushed or that she's being inducted into a cult. If she, if she seems interested, I offer her friendship and fellowship, assuring her she's not alone. We've all been there feeling hopeless and scared and like we perhaps were digging our graves with a knife, a fork, and a spoon. I take her number and in a few days I give her a call and ask if she might like going to another meeting with me or on her own, of course. If she is interested, I tell her honestly how my experience with my compulsive overeating affected my life and the lives of my family, my feelings of body shame, isolation, hopelessness, desperation, how I knew I'd hit my bottom when I left my sleeping babies alone in their cribs to drive to the store for my addictive foods. I was desperate. I was willing to do anything suggested. And if I've managed to touch this new person uh, and, and, they seem in, and they seem interested, I encourage them to talk and I listen, a skill I learned from my sponsor. When I came into OA in 1996, all I wanted was a diet, but what I actually found was a spiritual solution to solve my eating disorder. I am no crusader. I simply found that through this program, I stopped thinking so much of me and more of a how I might help others. I found that by vigorously working the 12 steps, I slowly developed a change in my way of thinking and acting, 
food was no longer the most important thing in my life. Helping others was now what gave me pleasure and sustenance, always asking God to direct my thinking. I don't shy away from saying I truly needed a higher power of my own understanding to work this program because lack of power was my problem. So I needed to have the willingness to take that giant leap of faith and trust in my amazing higher power that I never knew I had, that could be with me and support me and guide me through the rough times ahead. That this hope and trust was the key to unlock the door of recovery and despair. And now every time I encourage someone else, I remain beyond my wildest dreams. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Larry K., it's your turn, followed by Dara S. Please go ahead, Larry. Good morning, and thanks so much for your service. <clears throat> I'm Larry Kay. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, grateful in Chicago here. Um, it says, never talk down to an alcoholic from a, any moral or spiritual hilltop. Simply lay out the kit of spiritual tools for his inspection. You know, there, there's something miraculous um, in the way that God enables us to, uh, to lift people up, you know, <laughs> to, to, to sort of pull them into the rowboat. There, there's something miraculous about that. And I, I don't know about you, but I was always more attracted to humility than arrogance, than, you know, this big shotism. Um, you, you can't fake humility and love. I, I mean, you, you can try. I suppose you can try. But, but I think people reveal themselves in everything that we do, everything that we do, who we are. doesn't mean that we're not passionate about carrying this message. It doesn't, I mean, certainly we're grateful that we, that we were lifted up, that someone and that God ultimately lifted us up into this rowboat and that we get to stay here. You know, we're grateful, so we're passionate. And um, uh, but but there there's in there something about humility when when you know, I always go back and there's so many examples but you know someone that I just said such respect for I, I I couldn't put my finger on it but I knew it and when she said to me when I met her and she said thank you Larry for noticing God's handiwork I knew it was real I don't know how I knew I just knew that that human being was a humble caring loving human being and and yet she speaks with great passion absolutely she's she's very clear on what worked for her and the message she carries but you can't fake you can't fake it when god changes your heart you 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 then you're not a crusader you don't tear people down the true self will reveal itself eventually and 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 we see that and you know so 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 we need to do a better job of conveying love and acceptance in the midst of our passion you know what prideful arrogant judgment attracts it attracts those who expect to be treated without love you know the abusive person the abused person expects to be abused sometimes and, and and they they hear the voices i think that that are that are abusive and they're attracted to that but that doesn't make it healthy it doesn't make it healthy. So I'm, I'm not preaching to anyone. I'm just, I want to always be mindful of that. How would God have me be? God, shape and mold me as you would have me be. I, I don't know, even know who you are, really. But, but if you're there, take the wheel and shape me so that I can carry a message that's, that's humble and truthful and real, right? Because the self-righteousness screams 
you know, that self-righteous, they scream judgments against others to hide the noise of the skeletons dancing in their own closets. I've heard that, you know, and, 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 but God changes us. And then we carry a message that's true and real and humble. With that, I pass. Thanks, Lynn. Thank you, Larry K. Dara S., it's your turn, followed by Anne-Marie M. Please go ahead, Dara. Hi, I'm Dara S., a recovered compulsive overeater from uh, Central Florida. And um, I am grateful to be sharing with you today. Um, this this took a long time for me to understand. And um, I was recently talking to a new sponsor um, who was telling me that, you know, they felt dishonest when, you know, a sponsee that they were sponsoring wasn't working the program or doing the steps the way that, you know, they think they should be doing it. And I was like, for me, it's just about planting a seed. So, you know, at first I was like, am I wrong? Am I wrong? Maybe I'm wrong. Um, Maybe I'm doing it wrong. And then it was like, wait a minute. No, all I'm doing is planting a seed. I am saying it's not my responsibility to work their program for them. It is only my responsibility to share what I used to be like and what happened and what I'm like today. And if the sponsee picks up on that and starts doing that, it is miraculous to me. And it just affirms how this program works in my life. Um, My job is to, um, you know, share God's power in my life and how it helped me. And um, I can get very preachy and emotional and passionate and, um, and sometimes I catch myself and I pray, you know, God, please help me just, you know, please help me be a channel for your words. Please help me show them how you worked in my life and how I work in, in your life because I of myself I am I can't do it I don't have the answer I don't even fully understand how this works all I know is that if I do this if I pray if I you know if if I help other people if I get out of myself my life becomes greater than I can possibly ever imagine and it's it's not of my own doing and um and I've seen people pick up and work the steps and it's not because I told them they had to, or that, you know, they were bad if they didn't, because I don't know that for sure. Some people do, you know, lose weight and, and are able to stick to diets without working the 12 steps. I am not one of those people. And I know people who are not like those people. And when a sponsee is in a meeting and shares that they did something that we talked about last night and it worked for them, all it does is affirm that this program works. This program works. God works. My my higher power is stronger than anything I can possibly imagine. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Dara S. And Anne-Marie M., it's your turn. Please go ahead. Good morning. This is Anne-Marie M., gratefully recovered through God's grace. And uh, this is this reading of the seventh chapter working with others was just perfect in my working the steps with my uh, sponsor because we just had just gotten to step 12 when we started working uh, when we started reading this in a vision and so I've been following these directions and making notes and just started sponsoring again 
and am so, so grateful that, you know, I do have some new friends now that, um, you know, that I'm willing to listen to and to share my experience and not only what has worked, but what hasn't worked, because I have a lot of things that haven't worked in my past. So I'm very, very grateful for this. The most important thing for me is to remember to pray before I talk with um, with anyone that I'm working with and to ask God to put the words in my mouth. When I do that, it's amazing the things that come out of my mouth. I'm almost like want to turn around and say, you know, who said that? It's certainly, um, and someone had just mentioned about being a, a channel for, for God. You know, I'm just so grateful to be his servant today and be willing to um, do his will. So, um, you know, I'm just so excited um, about passing this on to someone else and to stay connected. It's so important for me to remember to stay connected, not only to God, that's number one, I have to stay connected to God, but to stay connected to others and to this program and to do what I am going to be suggesting um, others do. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Anne-Marie M. For those of us who might have come on the line a little later, we are on page 95, the first paragraph, unless your friends want to talk further. I'd like to encourage those who haven't, thank you, Charles. I'd like to encourage those who haven't shared in the last few days to take this opportunity. And please say your name just once. It helps me hear everybody. So who would like to share? Craig F. Irene B. I heard you, Irene. Thank you. Thank you. I've got Charles H. Thank you. Teresa C. Okay. I can take one more. Yep. Thank you. Okay. That's who I've got now. Charles F. Irene B. Russ M. Melissa P. Teresa C. And Craig F. Charles, please go ahead. Thank you very much. So there's no capable status in Ovaries Anonymous. You know, I like what Don Carleon says in The Godfather when, when Tom asked him, hey, should I, should I insist? And the Godfather looked at him and said, he gave him a little hand gesture and said, just mention it, don't insist. You know, so getting back to the text, um, you know, there's a few, there's, there's a couple of very important ifs in here. If he has trouble later, he is likely to say you rushed him. You will be most uh, successful with alcohol if you don't exhibit any passion for crusaders or reform. So I was at Unity Day Saturday in, in Westchester, and I said there's three things that, that, um, that, were, that were probably killing the real compulsive overeaters with. You know, why, why, is, why is there not a lot of diversity? in Ovaries Anonymous. Why was I the only black person at that, at that uh, OA uh, unity thing? Reason one is they don't want, they don't want it. <laughs> they don't want to be in OA, right? Reason two, in my humble opinion, is uh, overzealousness. We're like, yay, we want you to recover like we're a cheerleader or something, and we're getting them all scared, and we're like, come on, let's, you know, maybe that, 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 Work the steps like your hair is on fire. Sometimes that backfires in Ovaries Anonymous. Because it says, take a little time. Not, not, not a year or five years. 
but let them let like let's listen to them first to see what they they want or what they expect, right? And the third reason is is in my opinion is the sales pitch. We're coming off like Superman, and and you know everybody got their own kryptonite, and the kryptonite will weaken. It'll weaken. It'll weaken the program. It'll weaken the growth. So I've learned, like through the years, to be like, you know what? I learned to be a, a mother crocodile. You know, the same teeth that can be passionate can rip apart that disease, but that same jaw can carry his his baby or her baby to the to the sea of safety. So you know, not being a crusader because. You know, great teachers are wonderful, magnificent learners. So we learn and we teach and we teach and we learn. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Charles H. Irene B., it's your turn, followed by Russ M. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. I am Irene B., a very gratefully recovering bulimic from Louisiana. Oh, my gosh. I love, love, love this paragraph. I, I've been saying that I love these instructions, but in this in this paragraph, they're describing me, you guys. In here it says, do not wear out your welcome. Oh, my gosh. I think I do that. Actually, I know I do that. Let him steer the conversation in any direction he likes. Oh, my gosh, that sounds so easy to do. That sounds so easy to do. I read this yesterday, and I spoke with a with a possible sponsee last night, and then when we hung up, I realized that I didn't pray before I took her call. and. I tried to listen, and I think I did a much better job than I usually do. But I think I still stirred the conversation more than listen to her. I was trying to to convince her that there was an answer and hope in our program. And that that's not what we're told to do. And then I love what it hears in, that even if the person seems willing and they say, yes, yes, I'm in, to give them some time so that they later don't say that you rushed them. I think I did that right. I did, you know, one, one out of two is not bad. You know, batting 50%. But the most important thing in here, the last, sentence it says to be a friend oh my gosh that if they want to get better you will do anything to help them get better offer them friendship yeah yeah to me this program is all about love and acceptance it's about receiving the love and acceptance that we can that i didn't receive growing up I didn't receive a whole lot of love and acceptance growing up. I received a lot of criticism. And I know one thing I don't need to heal is criticism. 
I need to hear the truth, but I need to hear the truth spoken in love with gentleness, not, you know, where it's obvious that the other person is not out to get me or doesn't care if he or she hurts my feelings. I'm used to that. Yeah, I'll wrap up. I'm used to that. I need something different to help me here, and with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Irene B. Russ M., it's your turn, followed by Melissa P. Please go ahead, Russ. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, family. So, man, when I first started working with others, I was passionate. I was overbearing, and, you know, I was I was very technical, you know, to compress the illness and you know it's in your mind first time i met him not like three four times i didn't give him any space and i scared people off and then i would get an attitude say these people don't want it but then i look back when i first had my interactions in oa and nobody knew me but the interaction i i had was what's going on this is how how are you living? And you don't have to live this way anymore. That's that's what someone told me. I didn't have to live this way anymore. And I forget, you know, I, I always always say Captain OA, you know, I'm staying here as Captain OA because I got to figure it out. And that's that's a trouble trouble area when I get that attitude because there's no humility. And I forget that in everything I'm doing because of this program, God has to be a part of it because it's only God that could have delivered me and freed me from this. So when I'm, to- when I'm making outreach calls, talking to my, my fellows, taking 10 steps, working the steps, or talking to someone that's a prospect, it's only because of uh, God that I, you know, that I have anything. So I have to, I have to come at it in, in that fashion. I have to always be reminded of it. And, you know, like anything else, you know, I could get back into myself. So, you know, that friendship thing, you know, I'll always be a friend to any anyone in life in general. I'm like, I was that guy in high school, you know, everybody's friend. But here I found, you know, I, I found a lot of friends, but I would, I'll never turn one anybody down. Because when I was at my worst, that hand was reached out to me through this program, through God and this program. So... Thank you. You have a great day. Love you guys. Thank you, Russ M. Melissa P., it's your turn, followed by Teresa C. Please go ahead, Melissa. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for your service. This is Melissa P., recovered compulsive overeater outside of Buffalo. You know, this. Uh, the steps are in order for a reason, right? Because I am learning how to be of service, you know, because all my life, human or not, you know, I'm showing up messy in situations. Hurricane Melissa in to save the day. You know, my bloody knuckles on the remote control of life that I was always fighting, right? Like dishonesty, writing my own story, arguing with God that, you know, I'm doing a better job than he can in all these situations, and why aren't people listening to me? So it's no coincidence here that this is at the end, 
right because of the other steps, I've learned how to show up differently in situations. I've learned to show up softer. I've learned how to show up gentler. I've learned how to show up as a friend because through these steps, I learned how to be friends with myself. You know, and and how would God have me be in these situations? You know, I mean, like so many of our stories, you know, I was a 300-pound high schooler. People were awful to me, you know, and, and the things that they would say and the shame that would come from it, it didn't make me put the food down. Never. I picked it up more and picked up other habits that were self-destructive. And, you know, thank God for this program and these meetings and, and, you know, above all else, my higher power that, you know, that spiritual first aid that, that got into my soul, um, you know, but I'm a work in progress. And this, this reminds me of that, that, you know, Melissa, just because you're out there working with new people doesn't mean that you've arrived there, kid. You know, it keeps you humble because I do. I want to rush in with poster board and, you know, this saved my life and it'll save your life too. But that's scary to people. You know, food was always such a security blanket for me. You know, one that was on fire, but it was a security blanket. And uh, it's it was scary for me. And when I show up, you know, big and bold and loud, I, I'm operating out of a place of fear. You know, because, you know, if I don't sponsor you the right way, I'm going to get back in the food. That's what I'm hearing, right? But I got to trust that God's going to give me the message that I need to carry to other people. You know, I have to trust the process, and I got to trust that God's writing a better story that I could ever, I could ever craft. You know, and if I show up as love, and I just tell my experience and the miracles in my life, you know, when people are ready, they'll be there. But until then, I can be their friend. You know, cross the emotional pale. Thank you, thank you. And with that, I'll pass. Have a good day, fam. Thank you, Melissa P. Teresa C., it's your turn, followed by Craig F. Please go ahead, Teresa. Good morning. This is Teresa C. from Western Massachusetts. I love the advice on how to approach your candidate in this paragraph. I'm reminded that everybody is different and everyone responds in their own way to different methods. And the best way to gauge what will work best for an approach is to listen I personally like a direct, no-nonsense approach, and I don't like an approach that I perceive as preachy, but that may not be the case for someone else. It says to offer him friendship and fellowship, and that if he wants to get well, you will do anything to help. And that in itself, to me, is so powerfully persuasive. For me, having the connection to this fellowship that understands me to my core is precious. That people will do anything to help me is not only reassuring, but it also encourages me. And what is even more magical about this program, the people helping me, they are in turn being helped by me. So I feel useful to others. And that reciprocal relationship is yet another miraculous benefit of this fellowship. So I thank you all. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Teresa C. Craig F., it's your turn. Please go ahead, Craig. I will. Thank you. This is Craig F., recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, 
you know, I don't know about you, but um, sometimes when I'm reading instructions like this, uh, especially when I was uh, newer, I uh, I would think, gosh, I don't want to mess this process up and hurt somebody. And because and in my perfectionism, what that would make me do is be um, more shy about uh, talking to a newcomer or or something. You know, let somebody that knows how to do that handle it. You know, here's all these instructions on how to do it. What if I mess it up? And 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 I, I think that the worst, the easiest way to mess this up is to not do it. You know, to not reach out and 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 to get wrapped up in uh, my fear about doing it wrong. You know, it's great to have these suggestions. It's great to have this the, this uh, have them lay out uh, the, uh, ways to help us improve in doing it. But uh, I have to remember that the worst thing I can do is not do it. And, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the most influential people in, in my recovery early on were the were recovery buddies, you know, were people that didn't have uh, m- much more time than I did, but they would say, hey, are you going to the meeting Tuesday night? Uh, maybe we could get some coffee afterwards and talk. Uh, they didn't know a whole lot, but they were, you know, they were encouraging about getting me there. They were encouraging about um, uh, finding, you know, about having coffee and just talking. And, and, and you know, sometimes it was about program and sometimes it wasn't. But that, that, was, that was so helpful to me. I, I, I used to go to an AA meeting when I had about a year that where I think the next uh, lowest number of years in that meeting was 26 and up, you know, to 35, all these people had known each other for a long, long time. And they kind of had this meeting on Sunday morning. And I, I think they almost did that on purpose at Sunday morning because newcomers tend not to get up early on Sunday morning, I think, was the thinking. But I showed up at this meeting, and I was fascinated by it because I wanted to know how to get a lot of years. And, and uh, uh, I kept coming even though they weren't very welcoming. You know, they weren't uh, – nobody came over and said, we're so just glad to hear have you here and, and here be a part of our group. Um, it was like they were uh, clickish and uh, – so I've been going for a while, and uh, one of the guys came over to me finally and said, "said uh, you know, you've been coming a while, and and uh, I, I want to know how, how did we do a good job of welcoming you to this meeting?" And I said, "Well, no, uh, not really." I said, "Nobody talked to me a lot of Sundays. I just came and sat down and listened, and and time, uh, please, you know, went home. Thank you." And so they made me put me in charge of welcoming newcomers, <laughs> and and because they had not figured out how to, they couldn't they couldn't relate to newcomers. And the point is that if you're green, you don't have to be their sponsor. You just have to relate and uh, be a friend. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Craig F. We're on page ninety-five, the first paragraph. Unless your friend. And I can take about three more people. Who would like those times? Jackie B. Kelly M. Nancy R. I heard you, L. Nancy, I heard you. Thank you. So we've got Jackie B. 
Sue L. and Nancy R. Please go ahead, Jackie. Hi, I'm Jackie B. from the Bronx. Thank you so much. Um, you know, one thing I've learned that whether I have a sponsee I'm working with currently or not, I have to keep being in the program. I have to keep listening to meetings, being part of meetings, um, and not be on my laurels. I also know, too, you know, as scared as I was to sponsor, as scared as I was to sponsor, I always had to know that I could always rely on other people in programs. When I listen, when I go to, when I listen to meetings, if I don't know something, I will ask another recovered compulsive overeater. And when I do that, then it becomes less scary. It's when I'm only making myself the center, when I'm only making my recovery about the person I'm working with or the sponsor I have, when I do stuff like that, my program will not work. It will fail. It's, I can give you my experience, strength, and hope. I can take you through the steps the way I was taken through the steps. But what I don't know is what I reach out to others. When I say to other people, listen, I have a sponsee. I don't know what to do with this situation. What, do you, you know, what, is, what is your experience? It's the experience of people before us, behind us, in front of us, to the side, to the left. When I utilize everything in this program besides my big book and always relying on my higher power to speak to me, that's how my program gets strong. I never just sit and do nothing, even when I don't have a sponsee. I read the big book. I read other things. I make sure that I'm always reminded that I have to be of service to others, whether in or out of the room. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie B. Do L, it's your turn, followed by Nancy R. Please go ahead, Do. Good morning. This is Do L, Recover Compulsive Overeater from New York. Um, grateful to be here. Um, you know, what, what stood out for me, it says, you know, you do not want to exhibit passion or crusade for reform. And yet when we come in still inexperienced, being this first newly recovered, um, it is not probable that we're going to be inspired at all times. And we may pay for the presumption and so all sorts of absurd actions and ideas. And that's usually um, what was my experience uh, sponsoring initially. I came with a passion. Uh, I probably still come across with that passion and that desire to be helpful. And what I've learned over time, getting more and more connected to God, is that this is not about um, being a therapist or a counselor or even a savior to uh, a particular sponsee, right? It's about carrying the message. Can I carry the message? Can I lay down the spiritual kids for their inspection and letting it be their responsibility to recover? All I am is a guide, uh, <clears throat> a support person, someone that they can lean on, someone that they can shoulder that responsibility with. But bottom line is the sponsee's responsibility to recover, right? All I could do is guide them and, and 
you know, show them where the disease resides, right? Where it resides, where it becomes physical and where it becomes mental. And if I can be effective that way, if I can be effective in pointing out when the disease is showing up and letting them take the responsibility of whether they're going to do the step work or not, you know, then God takes care of the results, right? It's not my responsibility to take care of the results. It's God's responsibility. My job is just to carry the message. And if I could do that, if I could do that and I could do it with humbleness and helpfulness, then people will be turned on more to that message, right? They will, they will seek that even more and they will do what it needs to require, that requires them to do what it needs to do to follow those directions. But if I come from the hilltop shouting glad tidings and I'm controlling and I'm doing things that um, can be offensive, then it's a turnoff and it can lead people to be still in the disease. And so one of the things that I learned and to conclude with this is that, you know, to be helpful is to let go outcome. To be helpful is just to carry the message and let the responsibility on that person to recover. And with that, I pass. Lynn F., can you press star one? Well, while we're waiting for Lynn to come back on, let's see if we can't have Nancy, please, come on the line and share. Uh, thank you so much. Um, thank you to the moderator and to all who made today's meeting possible. And for those who shared before me, my name is Nancy Ara. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Every day we read uh, on from page 164, ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot trans- transmit something you haven't got. That's what I have to do. Um, keep my own house in order, and daily seek God's will for me. This book is perfect. It has, it, 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 I mean, it's a, it is truly a, a guide. If I follow the guide, then I will be led to what God would have me to do. Uh, I really enjoyed the shares because recently I started a big book uh, study using the Joe and Charlie 19-week guide, and I was very excited about it. And the group has dwindled down to just a precious few. And I had to remind myself this is not about me. It's not about anything other than carrying the message. And this program is for those, not those that want it, not those that need it, but those that are willing to do it. And all I have to do every day is in my morning, in my meditations, ask God what I can do for the person who is sick and suffering. And in doing the, this big book study, I have been helped so much. My program has been strengthened like I could not imagine. That's why 12-step work is so important. You know, for, for many years I struggled in this program because for me service was, uh, you know, helping to sell out chairs, helping to uh, 
uh, lead the meetings, but the service comes in carrying the message because when I, when I take people through the steps, I'm taking Nancy back through the steps. This program has saved my life, and I'm willing to share it to anybody who's willing. You know, of course I made mistakes. I still make mistakes. I'm human. But if I truly seek to do God's will, uh, that's all that's important. Thank you for letting me share. And thank you, Nancy R. And thank you to everyone who shared and to Team Wednesday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Wednesday, March the 4th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 14210. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Barbara E. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. I muted myself by mistake. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you 